Sure, yeah. Um, I will say my, my path has been long, um, so I will try to abbreviate it. But generally, um, so I'll give a good background about myself and what led me to do an MD-PhD and where I'm at. Um, so my parents are engineers, um, and so science has always really kind of been part of my life. I used to love going to museums and love my science courses. I remember um, in seventh grade, my my favorite science teacher, uh, we were we had to pick a uh, element on the periodic table and I brought in silicon because my dad had a chip at home. So that was pretty cool. Um, so I've always been really interested and very curious about things. Um, I was probably the one who was always asking questions on why. Um, so just with that in mind, um, one of the more significant uh, personal experiences as I, that I have was that my uh, cousin, who is a year younger than me, was diagnosed with medulloblastoma, which is a brain cancer when she was 13 years old. Um, and of course, with that, you know, I thought about the scientific aspects of, you know, what exactly is cancer? Um, I started reading about it, asked, of course, my parents, my friends, because um, it's, it's a very hard concept, I think, to conceptualize as a teenager, because it's cancer cells, your own cells kind of turning against you. Um, and so intellectually, I was interested in what that meant, but also what it meant for her as a person. I went to many of her appointments and visited her in the hospital after her surgeries and, you know, seeing her uh, recovery period really um, inspired me to go into and at least look at science and medicine. So with that, um, I reached out to uh, a few professors who were doing research uh, locally at uh, the University of North Carolina, which I eventually end up going to undergrad for, but it's close to home because I am a North Carolinian. Um, and I I reached out to them to see if I could do some um, shadowing in their labs to see what it means to be a scientist. Um, so with that in mind, I spent a few summers in high school um, shadowing post uh, postdoctoral fellows and graduate students and continued doing research experiences really in undergrad. Um, and at the same time was still really interested in medicine and, you know, our, our concept of health. What does it mean to be healthy? Um, what does it mean to take care of somebody, um, and be able to, you know, guide their, their medical treatment and medical management, um, is being a physician something that I want to do? Um, so in undergrad, I explored both outlets, the MD and the PhD, if you want to kind of categorize them. Um, and. I didn't know you could do both until I met, actually, um, she is now a internal medicine resident at UNC. Her name is Brooke Madsen. She led a session at UNC for the MD-PhD program. Um, and it was an information session for undergraduates. Um, randomly stumbled across a poster for the session, went to the session, fell in love with it, talked with her for about an hour or two after the session, because I thought it was really interesting how you could merge both those training paths. And that's what I ended up choosing. I chose to do both. Um, so now I'm in halfway through my MD, PhD. I'm uh, uh, for, in starting the fourth year out of the eight years. So I'm in my PhD um, and I'm starting my third year of my PhD.
kind of what was the driving force behind like the PhD aspect and then but then also at the same time you still had this desire for medicine mm. um how did how did you go from like oh I'm an undergraduate student researching um and also exploring medicine at the same time to kind of like oh I'm going to be a PhD or I'm going to go to MD PhD right yeah so I think because I had those research experiences kind of early on and did it in my undergrad, um, I knew what it meant to think like a scientist and what you could do as a scientist. But I really didn't mm. merge that into the kind of MD-PhD uh, stereotype until I got more clinical experience. So in undergrad, I, I did a lot of shadowing at the hospitals. I was, um, uh, I think I shadowed probably in five, six different departments, surgical oncology, um, I was in the transportation unit, mm. just, you know, wheeling patients around. That was actually my first thing that I did. So I could figure out where the heck the hospital was, where were all the departments, what places would I be interested in? Um, and with shadowing, uh, shadowing physicians, I could see that there were limits to what they could do as a physician. So one of my uh, good mentors, he's a hematologist and he's, um, um, now up at the University of Minnesota, he has moved from UNC to University of Minnesota. Um, he he became interested in research when he was an attending physician. Um, and looking back, he wishes he did a PhD. And I think he imparted those values on me and really it nicely merged together why I wanted to do an MD PhD. So, you know, he was treating patients with um, a number of hematologics of blood conditions, um, but they had no treatments. And the mechanisms, the, the reasons why the patients had these diseases was really understudied. Um, and so he would go into the literature and, you know, try to understand how exactly disease works and see if there were any therapies out there that were being tested. Um, and now he is running clinical trials on these patients to see if those drugs that have been tested in the literature can actually um, help the patients. And so seeing him a do clinical trials and see that he's translating basic science research that people are doing in labs and, you know, more drug development into patients, that gave me a nice kind of segue between my both, uh, uh, the crux between the kind of the basic science side and the medical side. Hmm. And then seeing the patients, apart from these clinical trials, have other issues and things that um, you know, isn't necessarily understood with the condition that has never, ever been studied. I think that inspired me to want to have, say, a lab as well as be a physician to see, can I take that one question that a patient has? Is it anecdotal that sometimes they experience a symptom or is it actually another symptom that we've never understood or discovered with, say, a specific syndrome? So you can take those research, you can take those uh, medical questions, take it to the bench and the research and see if you can study it. So best of both worlds, basically. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and, yeah, and, <laughs> and it's good job security. Yeah, yeah, no, of course, right? And, and then I think another thing I want to touch on is um, it kind of seems like you were doing a lot in undergrad. Like you were, you know, you were a research assistant, but you were also, you know, exploring medicine and all these things. So. I think maybe like a thing that goes unnoticed is like, how are you able to balance all those things and how are you able to set your priorities and be able to be like, okay, like I want to do this, but I also want to do this too. Um, <laughs> and I think it's, I think it's pretty uh, relevant to undergraduate students who, you know, maybe are interested in all these things, but 
uh, what, what can you like kind of uh, impart on someone who's kind of uh, going through the same thing that maybe you were going through? Sure, yeah, I will say retrospectively that it is quite competitive to be, say, a pre-med and you're, you're doing a lot of things. You are trying to teach yourself how to study, trying to learn how you study the best in undergrad, as well as do all these extracurriculars, have a well-balanced life with, say, sports or socializing, et cetera. So it's a lot to manage. And I will say that I probably didn't manage it the best, but my social life was lacking sometimes because I prioritized my career and wanting to do these extracurricular things. But I think with that in mind, you you should have, you should prioritize those types of things, but probably not as much so that I did, but have time to explore other other interests. So, and you don't have to be like a science major to go into pre-med. Sure, you have to have the requirements for medical school and understand medicine, but I think there's a lot of value in studying things that are outside of medicine. So, you know, my minor was medical anthropology. I studied um, how we conceptualize health as a society, what it's like to, like, what is it being healthy in Western society versus, say, different Eastern cultures or indigenous populations. You'd read stories of, um other medical anthropologists who's, who've done uh, field work. And that really opened my mind to the more uh, social sciences of medicine and people's experiences of being ill. Um, and I think that adds a nice human element to medicine because it's not just treating a number and a lab value. It's treating a person who has, you only see them in a snapshot of time. You'll see them say if you're a primary care doctor every year, but they have that entire year that you don't see them. Who are they as a person? You know, who, who are their uh, most significant others? What are they like doing? And I think having that medical anthropology background, at least for me, kind of added that human element to medicine that is sometimes lost. So as an undergrad, I would suggest you explore these other things. It doesn't have to be medical anthropology. It could be public policy. It could be mathematics. I mean, there's lots of if you want to say do research in quantitative aspects of medicine, do mathematics, do programming, like explore your interests. Because I think when you're young, it's very easy to do things that uh, you can explore. Obviously, when you get older, there's less flexibility because you have more responsibility. You have work. You have other people that you take care of. Um, so, yeah, find what you like to do early on um, and try new things. If you don't like it, change it. I've, I... You, I could send uh, my resume. You could see that I changed labs a lot because I was trying to figure out what I like to do. I started doing molecular biology work. I like that. Got into proteins. I'm like, yeah, it's okay, but I'd rather study something else. Went to genetics and now I'm in genomics. So follow your interest. And if you don't like it, quit. There's no point in you doing something you don't like because you've got the rest of your life to live. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's another thing I like to touch on. You're you're an MD PhD student, so you you've done your two years in medical school school, um, and now you're doing research. But you're also part of the Oxford Cambridge program. Yeah. So what's that about? Um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> a little confusing. So essentially, it is a MD PhD program in and of itself. Um, they just provide the outlet so that you can do your PhD outside of where you're where you're learning medicine. Mm -hmm. So although I'm a medical student at the University of North Carolina School of Medicine, um, my PhD is not at UNC like my classmates. I'm able to do my PhD elsewhere, which is where I'm located now at the National Institutes of Health in Bethesda, Maryland, as mm -hmm. well as in the University of Cambridge uh, in the UK. 
Yeah, and what has your experience been uh, with yeah, that? Yeah, so. I've, I've loved it. Um, it is difficult. Uh, so a normal MD-PhD student in the U.S., you'll be in one lab for four four years, hopefully, and graduate, go back to medical school. Um, with this program, I'm able to join two different labs, split my time up as a PhD student, and really learn from the world's experts on my the what I study. So I study uh, pheochromocytomas. They are very, very rare adrenal gland tumors. Um, and when I was accepted to the program, I was looking at uh, individuals who did cancer, geno cancer genomics, and really the NIH and the University of Cambridge have centers for this cancer that I study. So I'm able to be mentored by the individuals who partially helped create the field back in the 80s and 90s and network with those individuals as well. Um, so great mentorship, um, great techniques and expertise that you learn from the individuals here because they're just so world-renowned institutions. Um, and great opportunities to travel as well because half of my time I spent in the UK, which is very easy to go to Europe. Um, amazing friends, amazing people. All, everybody I work with are international, not only Americans or um, individuals from England, uh, British, uh, but yeah, they're from all over the world. So it's great to see different culture experiences, different ideas and thoughts to research. Um, yeah, it's overall great experience. Yeah. And um, looking ahead in the future, maybe five to ten, five years and 10 years, do you have any personal milestones, personal career goals? Um, yeah, what are, what's the future looking like for Yasmin? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so five years, I will have the four-year mark. I will have finished my MD-PhD. So five years, I'll, I'll probably be an intern uh, in a medical residency. I'm currently considering going into endocrinology or medical genetics because it does relate with my PhD. Um, and I've really enjoyed studying, um, I can talk a little bit more about my PhD work, but I've really enjoyed studying the cancer that I study. Um, and I'd love to continue studying that for the rest of my life, <laughs> um, which is great because I mean, that doesn't typically happen for uh, MD-PhD students. And uh, sometimes it's, it's guided by your clinical experiences in your third and fourth year. And I am waiting for that to um, give me a finer resolution and um, kind of give me a final decision on, you know, what path I should take. Um, so that's my five-year mark. Um, and then 10-year mark will probably be at finishing my residency and fellowship, um, have a few years for um, independent research as a postdoc um, with a fellowship and do additional specialized training, but would love at that point to be on my way to be an independent investigator. So that would be um, kind of starting up my own lab as well as, um, continue my clinical work. Hmm. Do you have any personal kind of things that you, you'd like to, for your own life, uh, accomplish? Maybe uh, run a marathon? I don't know what your hobbies are like. Yasmin. Sure, yeah. yeah. I, I am a runner. Okay. <laughs> um, so I, I did do my first half marathon last November. So would would love to do a, a full marathon one day. I'm actually, I signed up with my, my friends in my program. We are doing uh, a 10K in Athens, Greece where the marathon was created. Uh, a few of them are doing marathons. Um, I'm not there yet. I have to train up again because I took a step back from running to prioritize my research because I'm about to actually transition to the UK this fall, but starting up running again now. Um, so I'm at like the six mile mark. So I'll 
train up to a half and then full, uh, a full marathon is in the future. Um, apart from that, yeah, extracurricularly, I, I do a lot of things. I do a lot of mentorship um, and personal life. I think in 10 years, probably you know, have a family uh, partner and kids would be in the works. I'm already 28 years old. So, you know, it should happen within the next 10 years. Or so. yeah, good goal to set. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, we'll see where I'm at in the country. Um, I love traveling. I've been to a number of countries in Europe um, and would love to add five, 10 more to that list uh, yeah. in the next, next 10 years. Uh, have, lo- have wanted to go to Spain for ages since I was in high school because mm. uh, I did Spanish uh, yeah. in high school. Uh, I'm part Turkish. So of course I've been to Turkey many times, mm-hmm. but would love to explore the Middle East a little bit more. Um, Norway, um, I've been to France and Germany. Uh, would love to go to Greece, which I am in November. Um, and let's see what else was on my list. Um, would love to go to Australia. I have two really good friends in Australia that I met through the University mm-hmm. of Cambridge. Um, so love to visit them and explore the country. So yeah, well, yeah awesome. Yeah, and uh, kind of looking back on everything, uh, would you have done anything differently? You know. Um, you're kind of in that you're kind of at the MD PhD program, so it's kind of like already pretty much set for you now in the future. But looking back, um, would you have done anything differently? Yeah, going back to the point about exploring interest, I think I would have loved to explore different topics and subjects that I don't have a lot of background in. So I'm currently teaching myself uh, Python and R programming, mm. which is great for my PhD, but I have no background in it. So I'd love, wish I took a course in that Mm. um, in my undergrad, Um, but also potentially taking like history classes. I'm, uh, since I'm moving to the UK, I've been uh, learning a little bit about British politics and history. You know, Um, there are a few surrounding areas uh, in Cambridge, for example, Ely is where like Oliver Cromwell lived, uh, which is a famous historical figure. Um, And I, you know, I'm learning about that now. And would have loved to have more background on that. Doesn't doesn't mean that you can't learn in the future, but it's nice to explore those things and have. Yeah, that's very real. And kind of segueing that, um, you know, I know you gave some great advice to undergraduate students who are exploring kind of future career options. But you know, what other practical advice or general advice would you give to? Um, an undergraduate student who may want to pursue an MD, PhD, or is, um, you know, maybe applying right now, what would you say to them? Yeah, um, so I will do a plug for a program that I work with, which is called Project Short. Um, It's a free mentoring um, and editing service for undergraduates from disadvantaged backgrounds. Um, So I do a lot of mentoring through that. I think in the application process is really important to get feedback from others, not only people who know you well, so that you're represented well in your application, but also a third, third person perspective on your application. Um, and then also, you know, if you're not applying to get mentorship and to reach out to current MD PhDs, uh, we connected with each other on LinkedIn. So, you know, reach out to me, reach out to other people. Um, a lot of MD PhDs love to help Um, the next generation of students come in and join the path because there aren't, there aren't a large percentage of MD PhDs in the U S and I think there is a huge value to both medical and scientific research in, you know, translating everything we do on the scientific side into uh, medical advancements. And I think 
yeah, to make progress in medicine, we really need more MD PhDs. So please reach out to other MD PhDs if you're interested in the path. We'd always love to, to chat about our career, want to help you the most. I've mentored in the past, what, five, uh, probably five years, I've mentored 20 students on and off. And occasionally they reach out to me, set up phone calls. Um, so yeah, you're not alone. Um, and it's a hard path, but it's it's worthwhile.